This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Sarah Hartley, Rick Kelsey in the corner pressing buttons. You've just about stopped crying from the weekend. And Andy, <laughs> who <laughs> managed a shorter, longer run this I managed Sunday. a shorter, longer run and I've only just stopped crying from the weekend as well. So we're going to stop teasing that and, and talk about the exciting stuff that we got up to at the weekend as well. And we're also, in this episode, going to be talking about when you should miss a run, whether that's through illness or injury, potentially. Mm, let's get into it. Yeah, I, I just managed to do an intro without saying anything. <laughs> that is the skill that you have, mate. You are you are the consummate professional. And just nodding yeah. along, just loving nodding along. life. Well, it, it we was, all preferred it. it. To explain a little bit, we were all quite emotional because over the weekend, the running channel along with Puma put on our first ever race, our first ever event. So we did a 10K race in the Queen Elizabeth Park in East London. It was a beautiful day as far as running conditions went. Um, it, there was no wind at all. It was, it was a bit warm. It, it I'm was, not going to lie, well, it was in a November, bit warm. It was unbelievable. No, but it wasn't actually. It was no. only nine degrees. It was just. Was it? It was only nine degrees. It was just warm for runners. And we had a hundred yeah. runners and they all turned up and the aim was for us to get as many of them to have their new PB for 10 kilometres as possible. Don't give and it away, Rick. You've got to, you got to them, wait till the a video. A lot of them yeah, did yeah, yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah and, and we, had, uh, we had all of our presenters dotted throughout the field, all mm -hmm. with an allocated pace. And I was under strict instructions, not just from the, the Running Channel team, but from all of the runners who who turned up and had been prepped by the Running Channel team as yeah, to how yeah. bad I was going to be at pacing. Yeah, there were quite a lot of people in the 40-minute category who had zero confidence in you, but you hey, did quite well, to be yeah. fair. Thank you very you, much. Yeah, you, I, you, you surprised kilometer. people, because you're normally 10% out, we realised. 10% too fast, <laughs> to the right side, surely. Uh, but yeah, the... the um... Well, no, if you're a pacer, mate. <laughs> no, I know. No, no, I know. It, does, it doesn't make any difference if one... you're 10% too fast or 10% yeah. too slow. The idea of pacing is you hit your numbers. Also, well, what was I funny like, in... Why am I educating an Olympian. <laughs> yeah. What was funny as well is that, so the course was perfect because it um, had quite a lot of switchbacks. So it meant that you could like pass each other quite a lot yeah. and it was lapped. So your group eventually ended up lapping people, but it was so friendly. Everyone was cheering each other on. One thing that did make me laugh though, is that in the first, I think as you were probably like half a kilometre ahead of yeah. my group. And we were still in the like fun stage of a 10K at that point when we there passed no you at stage. one point. <laughs> we were like laughing along, having fun, hadn't got to the hill yet. Yeah. So we're in blissful ignorance. Your group came past. <laughs> yeah, there were four laps and there was an out and back stretch as well. So you did 
pass one another quite a lot, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah, and there was just one point where we passed your group and it had obviously got to like, right, knuckle so, down. We're not smiling anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole of my group were like, is that going to be us in a bit? It was, it was, <laughs> was quite like, Don't worry, it'll be I, okay. I, you say we'd gone past that. I was like, no, no smiles. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> if, you, if you want a PV, no, let's, the, let's mean business. No, you were smiling on the first lap because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was kind of comparing the, the job on the mm -hmm. day. I don't know how I got out of that because I could have run it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was- We needed I, a hype man. Yeah, we needed a hype so the, I was on the, the start and finish line and the first lap when you went past everyone was like hi Rick how you doing <laughs> second lap everyone was like mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I think it's because you just realised more and more and more there was one hill in there that was disgusting like awful and just every time we passed you it was like right buckle down the hill's coming everyone brace yourselves but the photographer was also next to me so people were like eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah you had the bus stop running that's yeah. what I always call it yeah. you put yeah. on your best running form when you go past yeah. a group of people at a bus stop that's the same for the yeah, photographer yeah that is so true yeah. that uh, photographer is good by the way yeah yeah so we are, well, we've got so some amazing of, pictures I've uh, recently made a new running friend who lives near me and oh, yeah. I invited her along and I sent her the photos afterwards and she was like oh my gosh that is the first good running photo I've ever had yeah, yeah. So just good. the running channel yeah. and also like it's a little bit shamelessly self-promotional but this yeah. is why we were emotional like I'm going to read out one of the comments that we had after the weekend and this is someone who we know pretty well uh, but you never know quite how it's going to go down mm. it just says I've said it before and I'll say it again about the running channel and what you achieve it's entirely in all caps about community the way you can bring together all those runners at all different paces and backgrounds and yet all we all leave the events feeling like we've built friendships and supported each other beyond anything we'd imagined at the start of the day truly remarkable there's a little bit more as well but just that <sighs> you're allowed, are you allowed to yeah, yeah. say who that was from um that was from a lovely lady called caroline so okay. um so she'd been to a previous event in the year where we tried to help people to win a sub 25 minute 5k and then she, she was there again at the weekend and we shouldn't hammer on, hammer on about it too much. But yeah, we were, I, I was in the group that was trying to run 40 minutes. That was my, my job to pace people yeah. to 40 minutes. Quite early on, a lot of people were, were hurting. At one point, we were only about 10 minutes in and the mm. guy who was running next to me turned to me and said, this is going to be a PB through 5K. <laughs> 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 um, so I worried for him a little bit, but you know, he did a great job. Uh, but then when people in our group were dropping back a little bit, I could hear the group itself supporting the rest of the group. So there were mm. shouts of people to each other going, come on, stay with me. Um, there were people sticking together. As mm. we passed people in opposite directions on the out and back stretches, everyone was shouting. We had our names on our bibs. So perfect strangers yeah. shouting for each other using their first names is, is really powerful. And then at the end, everyone just hanging around together, you know, exchanging contact details and like yeah. you know, sort of that e power of shared experience. Yeah, I think that's what, that for me is what made it so special was the fact that usually like in a race, you cross over the finish line and then you go, you crack on with your day. You might meet your family and it's all, it's, it's a fairly mm. like, um, blinkered like you have your own target right and, and that's what you come mm. to achieve and then you go your separate ways a lot yeah. of the time whereas actually the people who came in towards the end I think had the best experience because they had like all of the rest of us at the finish line and every single person who came in it was like another party and the yeah. energy just kept getting like more and yeah. more and more I, I also so realized good. on on Saturday that the only time people ever eat red licorice is when they're absolutely distraught and knackered after running it. I mean, yeah, you say, you say that, yeah. I've had one before oh, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I quite like it. It's quite yeah. good. Excellent. So that was our Saturday. Um, did you run again on Sunday? No. 
Oh, I did not. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a rest day. I looked at my um, HRV. <laughs> it's been, it's been <laughs> so un- heart rate variability. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been unbalanced for so long. Hey, I was like, I'm just going to take a partly, rest day. No acronyms on this podcast. Sorry, heart rate <laughs> variability, which is my new favourite stat, Rick. Have you oh. discovered that on your watch? Well, I have found some stats this week. Oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> oh, wait. Terrifying. Go on, Rick. What have you discovered? I've discovered uh, my vertical ratio okay. and, and my stride length. And Are you going to explain to us what they mean? Um, I'm going to let you, well, okay, I'll give, it a cra- I'll, I'll give it a crack. All right. Vertical ratio is basically how much your body moves the top half of your body while you run. And if it moves less, then essentially you're wasting less energy, I think. Is that right? So it's not just... Is that right? It's not the top half of it's your body. Not... I mean, that's, is that right? The summary of, of how much energy you Why are you you're laughing wasting? so much? It's not... Because I'm imagining you're like a slinky and that your oh, waist, your top half is just flying oh, above. So, so it's, it's the, your whole... It's the ratio of how, how much you go up and down versus how far yeah. you go forwards. So it's like how much you... So if you, if you imagine someone bounding, if, okay. they, if they went up more than they went forwards, then that's inefficient. So, so the lower the vertical ratio, generally the better, because if you if you waste a lot of energy by going really high up, like a really bouncy runner, but your stride length is really short, you're wasting mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. So I've got the wasting energy bit right. Correct. Okay, so that's good. Okay, so keep your vertical ratio low. Yeah. Preferably around seven. So isn't it? Because <laughs> that, that's what yours is. Yeah. <laughs> seven. Around seven. Right. And the other one I discovered: um, stride length on. Obviously, I know about stride length, but what I didn't know is how much your stride length changes when you're on a 10K run. Yes. So my stats uh, from last week. Uh, I started off with a stride length for the first couple of kilometers of 1.4. Imagine that's meters. Uh, it's meters, yes. It is. It is. It is. This 1.4 strides. 1.4 strides. 1.4 strides. 1.4 power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I started off with 1.4. That's pretty good. Okay, yeah. So that 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 did all right for the first uh, three kilometers. Then it dropped. Um, obviously, you, hills come into play here. Yeah, for sure. But but you know, I'm, all I'm, the excuses are coming. Yeah, in. No, but I'm, I'm just I'm just looking generally, like, and obviously most of it was flat. So um, and then it really dropped. Basically, over the run, my stride length got shorter. So it started out at 1.4, and by the end of the uh, 10 kilometers, it was 1.2. So okay, essentially- so 20 centimeters so drop I, in. I, I lost yeah. a bit. So this is not a question, but it would have been a good one if I'd only written into myself. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, is that normal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that that like that I better, no offense, I, a better trained runner who's doing a lot or a lot more running offense than Offense taken. <laughs> would, would look to try and limit that as much as possible over okay. the course of a 10K. Right. By, by like- you do a lot of strength and conditioning, but you're relatively limited in how much running you can do. Yes. And there's there's only one way really to, you can be as strong as you like, but unless you're doing loads of running, you can't really practice for being the, the fatigue you experience in the last two or three K of a, a 10 K or whatever it is. So just yeah. Means that, your stride length would drop off. Yeah, because yeah, you, yeah. you're just not used to it and your body's not as, as conditioned as it could be to maintaining that. Uh, but it is something that you could, it's a risk though, because as you get fatigued, your body is sort of self-optimizing and reducing the stride length accordingly. And if you were then to try and, focus on keeping a long stride length, you might end up overreaching, striding out in front of you, making the wrong kind of foot contact, and then you sort of risk injury. So it's be aware of it. Um, it's a good stat to look at afterwards just to see how much you were fatiguing. Okay, that's good to know. Andy, how was your um, week considering you've got, what now, two weeks to Valencia? Well, by the time this goes out, it'll be yeah. two weeks. Um, we're now a day under 
three weeks, so 20 days. Not that I'm counting. Um, and I was. See, I'm just seeing it as it's 20 days till me and Rick get to go on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That post marathon podcast where we're going to have three lovely glasses of wine between us. Oh, well, yeah. You'll probably have to drink it all, though, because I won't be able to take any of it. Um, so, no, I've got. I had some notes because actually I felt a little bit of. Redemption is not quite the right word, but I'd been really struggling since the 32K. We, we talked about it on last week's podcast, but my longest run, Sarah was on the bike with me. It took a bit of a knock to my confidence. Mm. I don't know why. A little bit, I got my hydration wrong. I had those cramps. I did have niggles and stuff. So a lot of stuff preying on my mind. And then this Sunday, I had an easy 20, 21K run, 90 minute run was the idea. And I did loads of stuff different and it made a massive difference to my mindset. Um, and I don't think I'd realized how much pressure I've been putting on myself to chase a time. Even though no one's asked me to run a time, yeah. we haven't built the like my training series around running a time or anything like that. There's no pressure. I'd been putting a lot of pressure on myself that I didn't realize to try and achieve a certain time. Been obsessed with the paces that I was running in those long runs and stuff like that. And this one was just run how you feel. And so mm. I set out, I didn't even have a route plan, which is really unusual for me. I just was like, I'll just run, I'll run. And then after like, four or five K I decided I'd like dive onto the trails, which takes even more pressure off the pace because you just can't run fast. Um, I just felt so much better. Um, and I just, all of a sudden I'd run 20 K and it was a bit attritional cause I was tired from, from the excitement of our 10 K the day before, but it was a revelation and I perhaps need to take the pressure off myself a little bit. And cause the pressure, I know I'm guilty of this from my career, the closer it gets to race day, the more that's gonna, I'm gonna build it. I feel like as well, what's really hard with this is you haven't run one before so no. it is like a marathon is always like a little bit of an unknown but yeah. if you've run one then at least you know you can do it yeah one mm -hmm. you know you can do it and two in terms of like if you do have a time goal in mind you've always got the kind of fallback of if your training is going well you yeah. can go like oh well I'll definitely try and beat my previous time. Whereas yeah. I feel like what you've had is you've gone, right, I just want to run one. Yes. Then we were like, okay, but what time are you going to do? Yeah. And then you've gone, right, I want to run this. And then it feels like every week since then you've been like, yeah. but I'd quite like to do this. Well, I'd quite like to do this. And then you're just like constantly. And then when you're yeah. the, like, when yeah. you're actually on the run, you've got like, okay, well, this is the pace that would get me this, but actually I'd really quite like exactly, this. But then if happening. I run this, then I'll oh, get- Oh man, it's, it's terrifying. And, and I just wasn't expecting this to, to build up to this kind of, crescendo of noise in my own like mm. negative self-talk and all that sort of stuff I'm only running three times a week and like you said the goal was always just to run a marathon yeah and then every time I've done a good workout and I know what the, the paces might translate translate into I'm like oh maybe I can do that for a marathon <laughs> and that's just what uh, I've started to realize though is that the best races that you can do are the ones where you don't need to look at your watch like yeah. if we take everyone on Saturday as an example like yes they had us as paces yeah. but I think the reason that so many people had a good day and like potentially got a PB. I'll have to watch the video to find out. Yeah. Um, I think it was because you weren't, you're not clock watching. And actually like the worst races I've had is when straight from the start line, mm. my eyes are glued to my watch and I'm all I'm thinking about is pace because you, yeah. Yeah. I've done it as well. Like where you set off and like, as long as you hold yourself back a little bit, mm. run that first kilometer and just see what feels nice and then you've got a benchmark that's like based on you rather than what you think you should but be as, running as you know that is not my forte so given no. that, that like so you're gonna set off for a 210 marathon. exactly that's what could happen because i'll be all excited so yeah that that was that was scary and then just a, a lighter a lighter note was that so i use my watch to put my podcast onto um and then i'm listening in my headphones obviously and uh what's quite cool about when you put something off spotify onto your watch is that generally there's no ads because whatever happens in that um transfer process or whatever that, that 
I don't know whether it's not supported or whatever, like the dynamic ads that you usually get, I don't get. But then randomly on my podcast that I was listening to throughout my long run on Sunday, I was being served Swedish adverts. Really? Yeah, I'd have no idea why. And I, I think they were Swedish. I, like I, I would... I, <laughs> Uh, this is based entirely. I, I'm pretty sure it was like the whole this thing. This is taking a turn. And then, uh, and at the end of each advert, it would say, "It would." I'm pretty sure it gave the web address, and it was punkt sa, which I think is like dot se, which is the Swedish right. web address. Did you, you work been, out what you yeah. were being advertised? I think it was for Seat. Oh really? Oh, the cars. What have you been googling recently? <laughs> well, I'm always looking at cars, Rick, because obviously I've got to fit 400 members of my family on a, <laughs> exactly. on a road trip. So, so, that, all the so, kids so that was the weekend, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Andy didn't miss a run, but there are times in life when we do have to miss a run. I love because you, Because sometimes so we much. feel pressured to go out. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this podcast is about today. Yeah, yes. I think as well, this is so much more than when should you miss it. It's also when do you need to pull back? Yeah. So let's start with there, for example. I last week did my first interval session post Chicago Marathon. Chicago Marathon was back kind of like mid-October. So I waited like well over a month in order to go and do it. Ish. Yeah, Yeah. ish. Um, And I feel so much better for it because I think so often like people start rushing into doing the runs that they have to do. So Mm. I feel like step number one, if you have a run in your plan and you're feeling ill or you're looking at your heart rate variability and that's super unbalanced or you've just had a really stressful day and actually like can't take the mental capacity of beating yourself up over times to go out on an interval session like that for me is the biggest like unlocking of get to the point where you're Mm. overexcited and like over eager to do it because I waited it's like that thing we always say if you're I'm jumping all over the place here but when if you're ill there's always the thing of like wait until you feel ready to go for a run and then add like one or two days. And I feel like the same should be said for if you're coming back from a race, if you're coming back from injury, if you're coming back from illness, for interval sessions especially, wait until you're like, oh my God, it's Christmas day. I can finally do an interval session. It's the waiting the one or two days Mm. once you feel well, which is the tricky bit though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, this is all relevant to to my current trainer. We've just been talking about the run that I did at the weekend, this this 90 minute, easier run where I took the pressure off myself mm. and that came a full nine days after I did my longest run yeah so we did my longest run the 32k on the Friday and then actually I didn't run at all until the following Tuesday um because I just needed it my body needed that recovery and mentally I was fried from life as much as the running like mm-hmm. kids and work and all of that stuff is can be stressful and so I just didn't feel like I could cope so then and sometimes running is my coping mechanism that can be a real difficulty for a lot of people where one, you might have a training plan, so you feel like you have to stick to it. And then, but but your body and your your mind is telling you maybe it's not quite right because you're struggling today. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, for a lot of people, running is their coping strategy for stress in life or, or work. So then, how do you balance out that decision making to make the right call? Because you're like, well, I feel like I need to go for a run because mm. I'm so stressed, but I'm completely overwhelmed and run down. So is going for a run the best thing? So you've got this catch twenty two, and that's probably what I was in a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I waited till the Tuesday and then I waited again until Saturday. So I had like quite a, in the eight days following that longest run, I'd run once around 8K on that Tuesday. And then we did the 10K and the, and the longer run on the Sunday. So I sort of gave myself a chance, the best possible chance to like turn it around. And, and I did feel like that's what I needed, a little bit of a reset. But that wasn't illness or anything like that, which I think we should talk about now is like illness first and then injury maybe. Yeah, mm. so illness, at what point, should you not run 
if you're ill. So there's a, there's a few early warning indicators. You've talked about HRV, and I know Rick's very keen that we don't use acronyms. So that's heart rate variability, and that's a measure of yeah. the variability, so how much the, the time in between successive heartbeats changes. And you'd think, or I would have thought previously, that if your heart rate variability is really consistent, like it's always the same gap between your successive heartbeats, then that's great. That would sound to me as a healthy thing. But actually, the reality of nature and stuff is that's not. that The, the more sorry, the less variable that time difference is, the more likely you are to be run down and ill and stressed and all of those things. So you want a higher heart rate variability generally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're lucky that we have access to some some pretty cool watches that will give us this. That's what Sarah's talking about, where her watch will give her a judgment on her heart rate variability to say, as long as you've worn it for enough time to, to make a judgment. But if you don't have something like that, you can use your resting heart rate or your waking heart rate is a really good indicator you can also one thing that's really cool is there is uh there are different apps for heart rate variability as well i think mm. one of them's paid but i think it's just a one-off payment for the year and then it li- it uses your use your camera yeah it uses the camera on yeah. your phone to like measure it and then it one thing that's interesting with heart rate variability as well that your watch just does because it's tracking you if you wear it all the time mm. all day but some apps for heart rate variability, it will get a reading. So if you do it like every time yeah. you wake up, you've got consistent yeah. reading. It'll also ask about your like subjective data as well. So yeah. like how you feel, whether you've had a travel day the day before, because yeah. what I find useful with my heart rate variability on my watch is that you get a reading like every day or like yeah. based on your heart rate variability overnight. But your overall reading is based on a seven day average because I think so often our lives are so busy that you can wake up, look at a bit of data and go like, yeah, I feel great. I'm going to go and smash out this interval session. But actually I find looking at a seven day average super useful because it's a constant reminder of like, no, last week was awful. Your heart rate, you were ill. Your heart rate variability Mm. was really bad. Just have that in the back of your mind before you try and go out and smash life. Yeah. And even if, so I would say we, we need, always need to take data with a pinch of salt and, and like the strongest indicator is how you feel. So mm-hmm. like the, there's a, a real, you know, I've always operated on a co- coaching adage from from Andy throughout my career, which was just like, he would often give me a run how I feel. Um, and that would mean that I just had the same running routes because he, he, he would usually have coached me by time. So I'd do a 60 minute run mm. on a particular day of the week. And that my Wednesday 60 minute run route would be the same, same distance. But on some Wednesdays I'd run 55 minutes. And on some Wednesdays, I'd run an hour and 10 minutes. And that was just based on how I felt. How you felt. Um, so that's, that's more really... useful, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah. I understand the heart rate variability is that it's something that's key for people who've got the kit. Mm-hmm. But it, even for people like me who've got the kit, yeah. who don't understand how it works, uh, yeah. the, the run how you feel method mm-hmm. for me is like, oh, you know, like on Friday, I was like, right, I'm going to get out and do 10K on Friday morning. So I feel good. So I'm going to get out. I'm going to do it. You know, I couldn't have yeah, told you where my heart rate variability was. It's hard though, because I sometimes need the data to give me like mm. a sense check because I'm too eager. But then equally, if I know I feel rubbish, but not so rubbish that I can't run. If I'm like, right, okay, I'm really tired today. I'm just going to go out, do this easy run, forget about pace. Mm. Just have it. I sometimes just cover up my watch because I'm like, I'm going to do this whole thing. I'm going to do a route that where I know the distance. And then I'm going to look at the pace afterwards and go like, that is how I was feeling. Yeah, I think a combo is the best thing. Like if if you have, if you can, like if you are monitoring, because you don't need tech to monitor your waking heart rate every day. You can just set a, a normal watch or alarm clock for a minute. And, and count your and pulse. Count. Yeah, yeah. And, and then if you see a, a noticeable change in that over a day or two, then just be aware that that might mean that you're 
starting to come down with um, something. Yeah. Um, and then similarly, if you are out on a training run and you do use heart rate to measure your effort, you know, you're looking to run in a certain zone, then I found that there's two stages in my career. One was you're going at the pace that you'd expect, but your heart rate is higher than normal. So that's an indicator that you're a bit fatigued or, or might be a bit under the weather, carrying a virus, that kind of thing. Um, or it can be affected by the weather. So that, that is a, a caveat. And then there's the second stage, which is you go, we're trying to go at the pace that you would like to go at, but your body won't let you get your heart rate anywhere close. So it keeps your bar, heart rate low. And that's your body saying to you, like, you need to just, you need to take a, a day off. So that's um, when we should miss a run when it comes to illness. Yeah. What about injury? This is a bit more tricky in some ways. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's no right answer. I, and I know that physios would play it safe and say, well, I'd need to assess you and so on. So we'll say the same thing. But broadly, like if, you, if you've got a low level pain, um, the sort of thing you should be thinking about is, is it getting worse during a run? Um, mm. And, and that's, a, that's an indicator that, that your running is making something worse. If something's staying at two or three out of 10 level of pain, um, then you're probably okay. But if you've got any pain at all, ultimately our advice here is go and get medical advice, like see a physio, because it might just be something simple that can be sorted out and it's probably going to end up being strength and conditioning related. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if, you, if you've got high levels of pain on running and particularly if it's getting worse during running, stop. then, then you should stop um, and, and, and think about having a few days off and, and giving yourself, and, and don't be tempted. There's lots of different types of injury. Obviously you can have a bony injury, you can have a... a sort of joint injury you can have a soft tissue injury like a muscle tear and things like that and don't be tempted to keep testing them out like if something was painful enough for you to stop a run then if for the next two or three days if you've decided i'm going to take two or three days off or if a physio or a doctor has said take a week or two weeks off and you've you've done something don't keep jumping up and down on it every day to test it but that's <laughs> what people do right like they, yeah. my calf's yeah. a bit sore i'm going to do a calf raise it's like, well, mm. if you've been prescribed calf raises to make this injury better then yes but if if, if you've been told you've you know, hurt a, a certain area, then I would, my, my suggestion would be don't keep trying to make it hurt to see if it still yeah. hurts. Cause yeah. that's a running runner, runners kind of, we're, we're our own worst enemies. Cause we want to see, could I, could I run tomorrow? I'm not going to, but could I, well, if you're not going to run, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, keep don't do it. Yeah. One thing that I found interesting, I was chatting to someone at the weekend um, and their wife had a, oh, was this potentially a stress fracture or some kind of injury? And what their physio had said is you can start, come back when you're not constantly thinking about it. Yes. As in like come back to see the physio. Because that's another thing as well. Like if you are going out on an easy run and it's not that bad, but mm. all you're thinking about is that. Yeah. Probably means you need to go get it checked out. Yes. Uh, and, and that can be, there's two sides to that as well. Because once you are over an injury, I'm hypersensitive about various areas in my body that have, have hurt in the past. And so having something to listen to a podcast or going out with someone else to talk to can take your mind off it. Mm. And you know that if the pain that you're experiencing overpowers that kind of social interaction or distraction, then it's it's something you need to do something about. Oh, um, wait till the maranoia, Andy. Oh, that's already set in, Sarah. That's already <laughs> set in. I woke up this morning and 45 different things hurt. Oh, really? Well, wow. It'll be 50 tomorrow. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> well, you are listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions to answer. Plus, we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, 
you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Actually, no, no news from me today, Sarah. I'm so excited about what, what, we, what? Man- <laughs> what we managed no to news. achieve. What we managed to achieve at the weekend in our event. It's the first ever time that we've done something like that. And we've hammered on about it already in this podcast. I'm not going to bore anyone else with any more news from me. Well, just one quick little 10K shout out then. Your yeah. wonderful pacer for your marathon, Mr. Freddie Shires. Oh, yes. Ran oh, a 10K. Yeah. At the same time as we were running a 10k on Saturday, yeah. he ran 34 minutes. Yes. And something. And Sorry, Freddie, I can't remember. Thank you, Freddie. Do you know why he did that? Just to test out. No, because because he's an absolute legend. Because because uh, we both ha- had our entries, our bib numbers through from Valencia, and we'd had to submit evidence of what wave we wanted to be in. And because he hadn't run a, t- a qualifying time, a, t- a time that you could send a URL to the Valencia Marathon organizers mm-hmm. uh, within the window, he got put in a much slower uh, group than me. And you can bump yourself up if you have a recent enough time oh, for your request. That's so he, off his own, but I didn't even ask him to do it. He's an absolute, I, I love him for this. He was like, no, it's all right. Don't worry, I'll just go and run a 10K. I'll make sure I'm fast enough so that I can then request a, that we get bumped up a little bit. And so then he is now, he put in a request to be in my, you know, uh, allocation. So then we yeah. can actually run together. So there we oh, go. Oh, Freddie, what yeah. a hero. Love that. Congratulations. Yes. Hello, Emma from Stafford. Here she goes. I wasn't always a runner, but have gotten into it a lot more in the last couple of years. And I'm now training for my first 50Ks next year. Oh, wow. When work, I, Emma. Yeah. When I talk to non-runners, for example, family members, they act as though the amount of running I do each week, a measly 20 miles, is concerning and almost obsessive. Or things like re- arranging social events in a way that fits in my running plans. But I know that if I'm going to keep up this habit and compare complete the event safely. I just simply need to keep up with sufficient training. How do I find the balance between giving the running the dedication it needs while also explaining to my family that I'm not a nutcase? (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Emma, I feel your pain. I dragged my mum to park run on Christmas day a few years ago and I don't think she's ever quite forgiven me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she said that she she doesn't eat a measly 20 miles each week. There's nothing measly about that. That's That's right. Yes. Solid effort. Solid effort. Um, this is this is tricky. I think we joke about this. We've done some like classic stereotype type videos on the on the running channel before where it's it's like people where we talk about the fact that other people often think it's weird that you might plan your social life around the runs that you have to fit in the Sunday long run, mm. for example. Um, my children were giving me a full on guilt trip at the weekend. Oh, yeah. oh daddy, why do you always have to go out running? Oh, <laughs> we want to do Lego or whatever it is. Um, and I was like, well, I right now I'd rather do Lego as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had a pretty cool uh, Bugatti to build, which, yeah. was, which was in Lego Technics. So, um, yeah, sorry, I've distracted myself. But I, I think, I think <laughs> I don't even know where <laughs> I was going. You're thinking about that Bugatti? <laughs> yeah, I am. It was so cool. Black and yellow. Love yeah. it. Brilliant. Right. Um, I, th- <laughs> I personally think that if you can... If you can find a balance to satisfy both, that is how I've got around it. So yeah. my closest friends, actually two of them have recently signed up for Parkrun and we'll be doing our first one on the 25th yeah. of November. Awesome. So very excited for that. But up until that point, every single time we've gone on holiday or we've met up, I'm the only one that is being like, 
oh, sorry, I'll be a bit late because I've got to run. Mm. Or like if we go on holiday together, I'm the one that brings, packs their trainers and yeah. I'm that friend. But I personally think like, it's not it's, it's not a bad habit that you've got there. So yeah. like own it, just well, it's, be it's like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's what your you hobby. like, it's what you enjoy. Yeah. So th that's fine. If you can bring them along with you in some way, yeah, then, get them involved. The I think the best way to encourage people to get behind it is for them to like see it. So like they mm -hmm. don't have to do it, but just get them, see if you can sign up to a 5K race and get everyone to do it or get them to come along and see you achieve something and they'll just see, I don't know, like a fraction of what it means to you yeah. and what yeah. it actually is. They'll see you light up. I mm. imagine, like I imagine that you're not doing this because you're just like forced to do it. You're doing it because you want to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I, going back to the, the story where I lost my thread, the the children understand it when I'm talking to them about it. I'm like, this is this this is what I need to do to stay healthy, and I don't just mean healthy in terms of physically. I I, I want to be like a good dad with you guys, and I want to be able to you know play and and be happy and read stories and all of those things. And this is the thing that I need in my life right now to to pursue that goal is what gives me satisfaction and happiness mm. on a day-to-day -day basis and yeah. i think like that is I mean, a good way to put it most most people's family would, would yeah. understand that i think yeah i think as well though if it annoys you the one thing that i've done is just fully lowered my expectations of what my parents will say so i moved in with my parents just after lockdown for a few months and i would come back from like an interval session or yeah. a long run and i'd get in the door and my dad would be like oh how was it and i was like oh yeah did 12 miles at no point he'd just be like cool yeah. <laughs> like if you're looking for your to go to like a family event and be yeah. like guys i ran 13 miles and for everyone to like cheer and whoop lower yeah, expectations yeah. Uh, that's same, probably not going to happen same for me in the lake district i'd get up early do my run come in and then like the kids and my family having breakfast reading the newspaper they just sort of glance up at me like huh <laughs> morning that's, that's it done a run again yeah that's it could have been a meter for but all we but we we're here for you emma yeah so yeah we're rooting for you and yeah yeah good, good luck, luck for the 50ks let us yeah. know which ones you're doing yeah a couple of things before we go oh. in the coming week we're all going to be doing something completely ridiculous yes we are going to be running home for christmas yes, we are. we've touched on this last week and we weren't quite sure on the mileage because there are <laughs> there are a few varying routes mm -hmm. um but but it is 360 kilometers yeah yeah, this that, is from we're, we're running. This is very exciting, and we're encouraging everybody who's listening to to run throughout December. Maybe to run home for Christmas. Maybe not. You can raise money if you'd like to. We'd love to get that support. But please just support us. In you don't have to do anything. It doesn't cost you any money. Uh, but we're running from our office in London all the way to Rick's mum's house on the Wirral in order to <laughs> raise you, money for charity <laughs> to to challenge our community to run throughout December as well to yeah. run home for Christmas because we're going to have a big totalizer we're going to try and hit a million kilometers and there are some incredible prizes to be yes, won yeah. so by the time you're listening to this our website should be live so go to runninghomeforchristmas.com and you'll be able to read far more about it and just know that as you listen to this if you're listening it listening to it on the Saturday that it comes out me, Andy and Rick are shivering, getting ready <laughs> to run. What are we doing? A really long way. But I, don't you worry, yeah. we will be filming it. You'll be yeah. able to watch it in December and then get involved. And we are so, so excited. And what a fantastic URL that is. What does URL stand for? Oh, I actually don't know. Oh, universal related link. There we go. We don't do acronyms on this <laughs> podcast, but if we don't know what they stand for, we'll still use them. Uh, Unicorns uh, running lightly. 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 <laughs> yeah. Runninghomeforchristmas.com. Check it out. Join yeah. our Strava club. It's completely free. And all of the runs that you do throughout December will count towards our total. 
and look forward to a future podcast episode which won't be next week it'll be the week after where you'll be able to hear Rick Andy and myself post running 360 kilometres drinking Gavi in my mum's front room oh with a curry waiting for us just before we go you've got a small favour I have got a small favour to ask this week I thought it would be really fun to go out and try and run on on your runs try and spell out podcast on in Strava art yeah okay and then once you've done that then put the link to this podcast (laughs) in your Strava and tag one of us and we'll give you some kudos I'm not gonna lie Sarah I think your requests are becoming more and more unreasonable yeah we'll go go back to a sensible one next week even just a P okay just a P see you next week bye thank you This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.